Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass, and this is Dr. G's ADHD Chat. It's a show for ADHD kids trying to make the world safe for them. I am a clinical psychologist and a neuropsychologist. Uh, I am still in private practice, although I'm making it smaller and smaller. Uh, and um, I have an ADHD, at least one ADHD child and another one worth thinking probably and um, a whole bunch of relatives that are ADHD and unfortunately my child came up when ADHD wasn't even in the diagnostic and statistical manual if you're not familiar with that that's the, the thing that all mental health people use to diagnose it gives you the, the diagnoses and the uh, the symptoms and so on uh, and advice on treatment and, and way you know but anyway uh, and it wasn't until 1980 that the DSM had a it had ADD attention deficit disorder and then seven years later they added ADHD uh, which <laughs> didn't make anything easier for anybody. I am not really honestly sure why they did that, but they did it. Uh, but I want to talk about something now that we know some more about ADHD and we know there's been a ton more research, a ton more articles and books and so on written, uh, and schools are supposedly training their teachers um, in ADHD and how to handle it and so on. Uh, I know in my area, I've talked to several teachers and they say it's a pencil whip kind of thing. You know, they go in there, guy talks to them for 20 minutes and boom, they're certified for ADHD. Let me tell you, ain't a way <laughs> that's going to be good enough. Okay, but one of the things that still affects parents, I think, um, and definitely back in when I was a young parent um, was the whole shame and embarrassment thing. Now you've, you know, all the other kids are behaving and your kid is getting restless and wiggling and throwing a temper tantrum or that sort of stuff. And frankly, you know, I used to get embarrassed by that. I used to, uh, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with. And um, I just know I was the center of attention in an unwelcome way. I definitely did not want to be the center of attention uh, as the parent of an unruly child. And especially since I didn't know why he was unruly. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking, what the heck's wrong? What, what, what didn't we do? What are, you know, yeah, one of the bad things about being a psychologist is you've got way more questions you can ask yourself when things aren't going right. But that was, uh, that was the, uh, that was the, those were the, you know, especially back when, when I was a young parent, like I'm saying, society was a little bit more orderly. There weren't as many kids yelling and screaming and there weren't as many, um, or there just wasn't as much. <laughs> I'm sounding like I'm 
trying to get back to a better, uh, sweeter time in life. But it was it was a lot more uh, orderly, shall we say, civilized. Uh, anyway, um, the the deal with with ADHD as a parent of an ADHD child, you have got to assume that you are the expert in whatever room you're in, that the teacher isn't the expert, uh, that the principal isn't the expert, uh, that the coach isn't the expert, and you've got to be the expert and willing to give your knowledge to these people because they're going to screw up your kid if you don't. Okay? I mean, there are some teachers out there that know all about ADHD, mostly because uh, being a teacher is one of the things that, for some reason, uh, people with ADHD are recommended to go into. So you see a lot of teachers that are ADHD themselves have ADHD kids, and they they know what they're doing usually, okay? But there are some, um, I think they learn to be a teacher in basic training and really haven't added anything new because all they want to do is punish and uh, make an example of your child. And as an ADHD parent, you just can't let that happen. Okay. ADHD kids have it tough enough. Uh, you know, they get, I say this every week, I think 70 critical comments a day. You imagine that 70 critical comments a day. So you're fighting desperately for their self-esteem uh, and so on. And, you know, this is not to give them a free pass on their behavior, but it's that you need to understand what's going on, that it's neurologic, not behavioral, okay? That it's as a result of neurotransmitters being out of whack, not a um, uh, just a, a bad kid or bad parents, which is the one we get a lot of, you know. Can't you keep that kid quiet? What's, what's the matter? Or the famous... All you got to do is give him a good smank, spanking and he'll be he'll straighten right out. Okay, well, that's not the way it works. And, uh, you know, I was dealing with this the best I could, but though I tend, believe it or not, uh, to be kind of quiet and reserved in, in groups of people, unless I'm running a group therapy program, and then, a, you know, I'm the expert, so it's... It's easy for me, but you know, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be the center of attention at the party. I just, I just don't do that. As a matter of fact, I don't like a lot of extra attention. And uh, when I'm in a situation, I want to make dang sure I know what I'm doing before I start calling people to account. Uh, but I missed the boat a number of times with my young man. And um, for instance, there was, he went, where he went to school, there was uh, a kid with uh, autism spectrum disorder. Okay, I mean, it was mostly that he had lousy social skills. He was bright enough, but he, uh, you know, he had troubles. Anyway, so they're out on the playground, and some of the kids are picking on this kid. And my young man stands up for him, uh, and uh, like I would have probably advised, told him to do, and 
you know, I don't know if in, what it's like in your area, but in our area, the teachers no longer supervise recess. The teacher's aides supervise recess. Unfortunately, the teacher's aides are not particularly well-trained. Well, they're not particularly well-trained. Let's just leave it at that, and I will get in maybe a little bit less trouble. So, this, you know, she grabs them both by the ear and drags them to the principal's office that... Uh, my son and the the kid who was picking on the other kid uh and um my kid got suspended and um i did not do anything about that i did not defend him i did not uh, explain to the teacher what was going on or the principal what was going on you know it actually it took my son a couple of days before he told us what had actually happened but even then, we didn't do anything about it. We let it slide, uh, you know, who knows. And, um, of course, back in those days, uh, we didn't have any a 401 or anything like that that, you know, gave him some slack. Okay. And some other times he, uh, oh, okay, he was, he was left-handed. He's a pretty good athlete, but he was still left-handed. Uh, and we're at Little League tryouts. Now, if you have a kid who's left-handed, you know that it is a bear for them to um, become good offensive players because most of the pitchers in the world are right-handed and most of them are used to throwing to right-handed batters. So if they get a lefty up there, they don't know what they're doing. And it's hard to get a strike th thrown to you if you're a, uh, a lefty. You know, you tend to get it's either at your head or over your head or sometimes behind you. But they, they just have a hard time doing it. So my mental plan was to have him be at the lower league, which was sort of a remedial basic skills kind of. But I didn't say anything to anybody. I just assumed that's where he would end up. Well, then he goes out there and he starts spraying the ball all over the field and, you know, really looked good. And one of the, you know, one of the major teams uh, drafted him and I didn't say anything. I didn't go over and try to prevent it. I just kept kind of quiet and we'll, we'll see. Well, it was a horrible year for him. Matter of fact, that's the last year he played baseball because the coach for reasons best known only to himself, drafted every left-handed player in the whole league. And, um, cause his kid was left-handed. Uh, and well, I don't know exactly why, I don't know what his reasoning was, but anyway, it was not a good year. You know, there are only so many places you, a lefty can play. And if you've got six of them on your team, you're going to have a hard time getting much playing time for him anyway uh but i didn't i didn't complain i didn't um i didn't do you know i as, as i look at it back on it you know low these many years since i should have said something i should have well first of all i should have interrupted the draft and said whoa wait a minute he's supposed to go to the uh the the basic training level and uh i didn't and i still regret that to this day um 
and um, the deal is, I mean, I, I used to joke that he took me to all the places that I tried to avoid when I was a kid. And I, by that I meant the principal's office, <laughs> court a couple of times, which I, we'll just leave that one there. And um, it, if I had, I, I think if I had known a little bit more about ADHD at that time, we might could have done more for him and um, avoided some difficulties. And we would have known a little bit more about how to handle him, you know, because we thought it was a behavior problem too. And uh, so that is one of those things that happens to you. Uh, when you've got a condition that nobody really knows anything about and it makes you act funny or maybe not so funny, it makes you have a lot of emotional dysregulation, as they say. Uh, and it was, um, like I said, it was not the best that we could have done for him, let's say. And it was mostly because I didn't want to stand up and say, damn. Largely because I wasn't 100% sure of what I was talking about. But still, I didn't insist that somebody else change their mind or somebody else look at it from a different perspective uh, and it just um, well it's it's you know there were a few years there that were pretty rough uh, in uh, high school particularly and uh, then you know he, he there been some there were some bumps the bumps and bruises along the way uh, and then finally he decided he was really interested in uh, gemstones and crystals and all that kind of stuff and uh, he ended up going to GIA which is a really well known um, I guess it's a jewelry school um, and you know his life started to straighten out a little bit but um, you don't want to count on that you know that, that just sort of happened that wasn't certainly wasn't anything I had anything to do with because I don't know diddle about crystals or <laughs> jewels for that matter we have no history of any kind of jewelry designers or anything like that in the family but he is that's what he does and um, that's um, that's in, more or less in spite of me or in spite of my wife and I uh, you know we, we just at that stage of the game we didn't know nowadays more currently, you would have had a 504 plan. You would have had a uh, probably a regular, excuse me, a regular therapy, and uh, probably be probably be on medication. And you know the the sweet spot for ADHD is starting them catching them young and starting treatment young so that by the time they hit middle school and start to get a little bit more ornery and independent they're used to you know they're used to being on medication uh they're used to um 
some of the problem areas they have and, and, and develop some compensatory strategies and so on. That's not the ideal. Uh, that's the ideal. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but at least now you would go in knowing what you had. You have ADHD and whatever the latest ADHD parenting book you've read is, you'd have that you know fresh in your mind and you could at least have a, a cultured debate with the school system uh, about what should be done with your child and how, how to handle him the best way uh, and uh, you know, what his 504 plan should include uh, and so on. Uh, and um, ideally, it's a little smoother track, ideally. So don't let your reluctance to create a scene keep you from doing what's right for your child, okay? And remember, like I said at the start of this, in any room, you are probably the expert, okay? Unless you're at your therapist's office or your, your child's therapist, and I hope to God you're, you're not the expert in the room, um, but You should be the expert and you should treat yourself as the expert and you should not take uh, anybody else's opinion. Um, and it is pretty amazing. I have, I've seen pediatricians who did not believe in ADHD. Uh, I've seen uh, psychologists, social workers, psychiatrists who did not believe in ADHD. Uh, so, and teachers, good Lord, tons of teachers who did not believe in ADHD. Uh, and uh, so you can't just assume because of their title that they're, they know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. Some of them, I mean, I, when I was doing full-time private practice, uh, that was a problem. I mean, the thing I could not figure out is these people would still refer folks to me for testing for ADHD and then tell the parents, uh, you know, after I'd done the feedback and all that stuff, that they didn't believe in it and they didn't believe in the treatment. Like, you know, they stimulant medication is absolutely the safest, most effective way to treat ADHD. It does not, it's not a gateway drug. It doesn't lead to, uh, for, you know, <laughs> heroin or whatever your nightmare is it stimulates production of duro, uh, dopamine and it stimulates the production of some other neurotransmitters that are deficient in an ADHD brain and it uh, makes life a lot more pleasant for everybody around them you know I don't know how many times I've had parents come back to me, you know, for a follow-up session say, oh, since he started on that medication, it's amazing what the difference that makes. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so do not be afraid to treat uh, ADHD with medication, okay? And do not be afraid to be the expert in the room and do not back off 
from somebody else just because they are in a, an authority position. Okay, it's your job to defend your child and to get your child the kind of services he or she needs. And do not be embarrassed or ashamed or any of those other things that keep you from standing up for your rights. Okay, on that somewhat belligerent note, uh, I'm Dr. Terry James Gingras. This has been Dr. G's ADHD Chat, and we will catch you next week. Um, and uh, I am I am starting to do a lot of coaching nowadays. Uh, I've always, you know, had a few patients, but now that's uh, what I'm going to use to um, replace. Uh, the private practice patients I had been seeing. So I'm um, available. Well, you, probably the best thing to do would be to go to my uh, website, uh, terrygingrassphd.com. Uh, there's a sign up thing uh, with, an, with a, in a, in a program called Calendly, uh, which is an automatic scheduler thing. It's pretty sweet. It's, it's, I don't have to do anything and uh, people get scheduled. So anyway, okay, catch you next week. Have a good day.